morning. Hello, everyone. Welcome to week four of Ghost Stories Across the State. My name is Caleb. A couple of things right off the bat. Yes, I've shaved a mustache into my face for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm calling it a revival stash. Uh, I'm hoping that it will usher in a revival. So if you are a young man across the state, I would encourage you to also grow a, a mustache on your face. Just do it. Do it for God. And I did, the second reason I did it is because 2020 just needed a different vibe, just needed to switch the vibe up. It's kind of been stinky for a while now, and, you know, I just want to switch the vibe up. My wife hates it, thinks it looks stupid, and my children think I look like a creep, so I'm going to keep it for a little while. It's good vibes already. So um, second thing I want to tell you is this week we are concluding our uh, series called Ghost Stories, where we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We have had some incredible messages that you can go back at any time and watch on YouTube uh, or on our website. They're, they've been awesome. Our friend Finn and Taylor Bull have come and just absolutely blessed us and uh, talked about some of the awesome stuff about the Holy Spirit. I'm really excited about the weeks to come. <clears throat> Tonight we're wrapping Ghost Stories. Next week we are starting a brand new series that we're calling Eternal. We're going to be talking about eternity. We're going to be talking about heaven and hell. We're going to be talking about life after death. We're going to be talking about what happens when you die. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be asking the big questions, taking a deep dive into the Bible to get some good answers to those questions. So please make sure you are there for that. And then come December, we're going to be talking about the life of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, it's it's going to be awesome. Okay, so let me... Um, let me kind of prep you for where we're going tonight. So what we have talked about in this Holy Spirit series, hopefully, every year we're going to have some, some time where we talk about the Holy Spirit because it is one of these things, admittedly, that is a Bible concept that um, is spoken a lot of but is on the more experiential side of Christianity. There is life to be lived with the Holy Spirit. So there is some teaching required. We're going to do our best to make sure we teach that. But there is also, uh, when it comes to the Holy Spirit and doing life with the Holy Spirit, it's not just something to learn, it's something to be lived. So we're going to come around this. We're, we're just really scratching the surface with some quick content and then giving it to you guys to work, work out in your groups and work out in your lives. Um, but tonight, <clears throat> I don't really want to talk about what the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does. I don't really want to talk about who the Holy Spirit is. I don't want to talk about how, you know, the Holy Spirit comes to live with us or how we receive the Holy Spirit. What I want to talk about for a few minutes is why the Bible tells us why Jesus himself tells us that we need the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, if you, if you have a Bible or you're taking notes, the, the title of this talk is called The Powerful Ghost, okay? The Powerful Ghost. If you know the life of Jesus, if you know the story of Jesus, what happens is, um, you know, all the, <clears throat> you have the whole Old Testament, which by the way, we're going to cover in January. It's going to be awesome. We're working on that stuff now. You have the whole Old Testament and it ends with prophets declaring that a day is coming when the Messiah will be here, when the, the, the chosen one, Israel's chosen savior will show up and be here. And then you turn the first page of the New Testament and you have the story of the birth of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right? Born to the Virgin Mary, born in Bethlehem. It's a super cool story we're gonna talk about at Christmas time. And then Jesus lives and he grows up. We have some stories of him as a young boy. We have some stories of him as a man being tempted by the devil and performing miracles and, you know, building a crowd and doing his whole thing. And then he's, he's crucified, right? Like he's delivered over to Pontius Pilate to be tortured. He's crucified. He dies on the cross. They put him in the tomb. Everybody's sad and cries, thinks like the greatest movement in history ever is over. Then we celebrate what we celebrate at Easter, that Jesus came back to life. He rose from the dead. And as he raises from the dead, 
One of the things that we look absolutely to for one, for historical, like factual data that gives us confidence that Jesus Christ actually raised from the dead and that this isn't some you know, myth that we make up as believers. Uh, we look to the fact that the Bible records that Jesus Christ, after raising from the dead, appears to his disciples again. Like he shows back up in a house. They're all crying. They're all sad. He shows up to them and he begins to have this conversation with them and he starts to tell them of the things to come. Like he, he, he shows up, he talks to the, to the disciples. And what he gets ready to tell them, what he's telling these disciples is this. I'm getting ready to leave and go to my father and I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, right? But here's what he says, Acts chapter one, verse eight. Here's what he says. They ask him, uh, Jesus, is now the time where you're gonna restore you know, the kingdom to Israel? Did you come back? And yada, yada, yada. And he says, it's not for you to know that. He says, but... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, what is Jesus saying? What Jesus is saying here is this. When you receive the Holy Spirit, when he comes to you, and when he, when he falls on you, when he rests on you, when he fills your life, you will receive power to be a witness to Jesus. So write this down if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit is God's power for my life, which is really, really, really good news because so many of us have been taught or we've been shown or we've been told to that in order to follow Jesus, in order to be like on the God side of the equation, that you have to work really hard, that you have, it's about doing the right things, it's about checking the right boxes, it's about, um, it's almost like we've taken the good news message of Jesus Christ and we've made it about us somehow finding God. Instead of resting in the finished work of Jesus and understanding the good news message that comes to set us free and help us find our purpose is that God moved heaven and earth to find us. We were the ones that were lost, not God. The story of Jesus Christ, the story of the Holy Spirit being with us is a story of God wanting to live with you, not you having to live your whole life somehow climbing the ladder trying to find God. This is good news. This is the message, the finished work of Jesus for us. But when we read about Jesus, he didn't do any of his miracles. He didn't do any of his ministry until he had received the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus was leaving for us an example on how to have a powerful life lived with God. Even Jesus wasn't trying to be Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So we can't try to produce lives that look like Christ followers without the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's, you know, it's really good news for us because this has been a really tough season for most people. This has been a really difficult few months. It's been really hard for a lot of people to, to remain confident as some have gotten sick around them, to not, you know, to not be scared as jobs are changing and think, you know, things are happening, the economy, the election, all, you know, you know, all this sort of stuff that's going on. It's been quite hard to be a functioning human over the last few months. So it's nice that we get to have the power of God for our lives. But power for what? Number one, the Holy Spirit is God's power for my life, power to produce fruit. Power, the Holy Spirit is God's power to produce fruit in your life. Galatians chapter five, verse 22, Paul writes this to the church in Galatia and Kid Spring wrote an amazing song to help us remember it. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Have you ever, you know, everybody know the Kid Spring song? What Paul is trying to write is this, that the fruit 
of the Spirit at work in your life, the fruit that will be a part of your life as you and I learn to embrace life with God is that we will be people of love. We'll be people of joy and peace, that there will be patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness and self-control. But again, what Paul would try to write as he's teaching about what Jesus came to say is that this isn't you just trying to grow fruit really hard, right? Like, do you ever see apple trees and do they look like they're trying super hard to grow apples? No, it just happens. It happens why? It happens because they have roots that are in the ground. It happens because God makes it rain. It happens because they get sun on them. It's what they're supposed to do when they're connected. And so our encouragement from Jesus, our encouragement from Paul and the early church apostles was this. Stay connected to Christ and the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in your life. The Holy Spirit will make sure that there's ample love in your heart to go around. The Holy Spirit, the power of God in your life, will give you peace in times of turmoil. The, the Holy Spirit will make you faithful when everyone around you is faithless. The Holy Spirit will do the work of God in your life to bring goodness out of whatever season that you're in. This is not your job. This is the Holy Spirit's job. Your job is to stay connected to the vine, to Jesus Christ, God incarnate with us. And the Holy Spirit power will work through you to produce fruit in your life. You and I get the power of God through the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in our lives. You don't have to strive. You don't have to try extra hard. You don't have to like set up a thousand different things. No, you just have to stay connected to Jesus. You have to make sure that your heart is pure. You have to make sure that your life is being lived in relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the power of God will work to produce fruit in your life. So number one, you have uh, the power to produce fruit. Number two is this, the Holy Spirit's power to deploy gifts. The Holy Spirit is the power of God to deploy gifts. All right, deploy sounds like superficial, but it's because I couldn't think of another word to say. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, Paul is teaching the church in Corinth, which was quite the interesting church, by the way. A lot of, a lot of crazy stuff going on there. We should talk about it at some point. It's really, really, if you, think, if you think like you're super good at doing bad stuff, you should meet the Corinthians. They were awesome at it. Um, to each, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, here we go. Read this with me. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to, to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. What's Paul saying? Paul is telling the church in Corinth that the Holy Spirit is the power of God in your life to give these amazing, wonderful gifts to everybody as the Spirit wills to make sure that we have everything we need to build and encourage each other in the way that God wanted us to. Which means, yes, is this still available to us today? Absolutely, 100%. This means that the Holy Spirit has gifts for you specifically, that God himself, when he thought about you, when he designed you, when he was dreaming of you, he thought there's some gifts that they're gonna need to help build my church. You are unique, you are, you are special, you are talented, but you, it's not just about the way you're made, it's about God himself has gifts to give to you to use to build up the church. And what Paul's saying is, man, some of these are, are, are prophetic gifts and you can, you can see and sense and feel things and so you share those and it encourages people. Some of you have, you know, you'll have this, this, this ability to pray in different languages and tongues and people will interpret. Some of you will be so wise. Some of you will have this gift of faith and some of you will have this ability to discern. It'll be amazing and we'll grow into that, how? By learning to do life 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. And they're just gifts. You don't earn these gifts. You don't, they're not wages. They're not like, it's not payment for a good Christian life. It's just gifts. God just gives them to us for us to use to build each other up and encourage each other up. The Holy Spirit, we need this. We need power to deploy gifts. And the third is this, and this is where I wanna kind of park for a little bit, because this is the big why. You know, this is the big why we're talking about the Holy Spirit, why we're trying to look into the scripture, why we're getting in groups afterward and going through it. The Holy Spirit is the power of God to display Jesus. It is the power. He, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is the power of God for you to be able to display Jesus in your life, in your home, in your family, in your friend group. Now, why is this important? Well, for lots of reasons. But primarily, let's go back to the context in Acts chapter 1 where Jesus says to the disciples, to the apostles, that you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Who is he saying this to? He's saying this to the disciples that have followed him for three years, okay? And he knows that he's just died. They're in turmoil. They're sad. They're like all this stuff's going on. And then he's come back to life. And now he's telling this to them before he ascends and goes to the Father. But what he also likely knows is that the emperor of Rome at this time is an emperor named Nero. Okay, And Nero is, is, is famous for the way that he brutally, brutally tortured Christians. Okay, Throughout history, you basically had the Roman Empire that was at its height around the time when Jesus was around. And they hated Jesus. They hated Christians. They hated Jesus. Not because that... that not because their beliefs were really that off, because built into the Roman system was this idea that Caesar, the head of the Roman Empire, that he's a god. That when he dies, he will become like the gods. Like, like the Roman Empire was this cult, sort of, of, of we, we, you know, Caesar is Lord, and we worship Caesar, we give money to Caesar, we hail Caesar, right? We do all this stuff. And then you have Jesus coming around who's doing everything against the Roman Empire, right? Like he's, he's not driving flashy cars. He doesn't even have a house to live in. Like he, he doesn't care about money. He's doing miracles. He's feeding people. But, he's, but people are saying like, yeah, I get it. Caesar, honor Rome, whatever. But straight up, Jesus is Lord. And to a Roman to hear this, this was a seriously big deal, okay? And so what Jesus is telling his, his disciples is this. You're going to need power to be and remain a faithful witness in the days ahead. What he's telling his disciples and his apostles is this. When I leave, okay, when I leave, the emperor is going to hate what is going to happen. When the Holy Spirit falls and the church is born and this message spreads, the emperor's gonna have a hard time with this. Listen, Nero hated Christians so bad, he used to capture them and torture them, put them on poles, cover them in wax, and light them on fire as he took his evening stroll around the palace and let them burn as human torches. He hated them. He wanted to destroy them. He wanted to rid the earth of people who called themselves Christians because he thought that they were so disrespectful that they would honor this dead Jewish guy named Jesus above Caesar who clearly had all the wealth of the world. And Jesus knows this. And what he's saying is, look, you guys are gonna need the power that the Holy Spirit is gonna come and baptize you with if you're gonna remain a faithful witness to the goodness that I came to tell you about and bring. So you and I now, today, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be faithful witnesses to the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ in today's age. You may not be uh, threatened 
or tortured the way that Christians were in the first century under Emperor Nero. But I promise you that people are looking to you to figure out, is the message of Jesus Christ legit? Is it legit? Is church this giant cult that you and I have somehow, we've fallen under the spell of here in the South, and is you know, is it even real at all? Do Christians even really ask the tough questions or are they just kind of using this Christianity as some kind of safety net to avoid the realities of the world around them? Like, is the message of Jesus legit? And unfortunately, friends, they're gonna answer that question based off the way that you and I live out the Christian experience, which is good and bad news. The bad news is if you try to do it in your own strength, you're gonna fail, they're gonna call you a, you know, a hypocrite, you're gonna leave a bad taste in their mouth and it's gonna be much harder for them to find Jesus. But if we do it right by trusting the power of the Holy Spirit and letting the power of God in our lives help put Jesus on display for the world around us, people will see how Jesus proclaimed. He said, they're gonna see your good deeds and they're gonna honor your Father in heaven. We have an opportunity to bear faithful witness to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ here and now in our day by letting the power of the Holy Spirit live through us. Make no mistake, the message of Christianity is not that we're trying to get bad people in your school to do good things. We're not trying, I don't care. I don't want the, the, you know, the cheerleader who is like extremely promiscuous and doesn't care. My goal is not to just have her here singing songs at Fuse. The goal is not to convert every high school quarterback in the state who's making bad decisions into some super Christian. The goal is not to take bad people and just make them do good things so they can sneak out of high school without a bunch of regrets. The goal is to bear faithful witness to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The goal is to make sure that you and I understand the fullness that is this gospel message, that the power of the Holy Spirit is not coming to make you a good boy. That God did not move heaven and earth and send himself in spirit form to fill you from the bottom up to make sure that you got all A's. It's bigger than that. Come on, we are generationally, we are thousands of years separated from these first century Christians who had this, this deep confusion because they had walked with God and lived with God and seen God. They had seen Jesus and took his word for it. And then he dies and he comes back to life and he says, you're going to need power because things are getting ready to get really good and really bad for you. And I'm telling you, if we will lean into the Holy Spirit, the power of God, we will be putting Jesus on display for people around us, not because we're trying, but because we're allowing the Holy Spirit's power to transform us. We're allowing the Holy Spirit to help produce fruit in us. You bear witness to the reality of Jesus' resurrection when in a moment of total chaos, you have this supernatural peace that's given to you by the Holy Spirit. In a moment where no one believes, there's no faith, everybody, when you have this, this, this faith that rises up in you that's not your own strength, but it's the Holy Spirit who's coming to fill you with power, people are going, man, there must be something to this message of Christianity that these Christians are trying to follow. You have these, some of you are gonna have these gifts, these big, powerful, dramatic gifts. You're gonna get a, a dream, a vision, a word, a prophetic word, a healing gift, something dramatic. And it's gonna be on display in your life as you move forward. And what's gonna happen is people are gonna see you practicing and exercising these gifts that God has given you. They're gonna say, wow, there must be something to this message that these Christians are trying to live. 
There's something bigger than just this simple, boring world that is just filled with COVID right now and crazy, all this stuff. There's something bigger, and you and I have been called to live as a part of it by letting the power of God, the Holy Spirit, come and fill our lives so that we can put Jesus on display and bear a faithful witness in this generation to the message of Jesus. So what I want to do at every campus, I want to pray. I want to pray for us. I want to pray tonight for all, any and all who need power, who need You're on empty, man. Like, you know this. You've heard this message. You've heard this, like, this story. You know this thing, but there's no fruit in your life right now because there's no no power. The Holy Spirit is not producing any of this fruit. For any who would want to receive giftings, gifts from the Holy Spirit for his church, to build people up, to encourage people. For any who, who, who have someone in your family, someone in your home, someone you know, in your class that you're trying to faithfully display Christ to, and you can't do it on your own strength, but you need power, I wanna pray. So on every campus, we stand to your feet? Every campus. I'm gonna pray for us, then we're gonna sing a little bit. And like, uh, like Pastor Finn said a couple of weeks ago, when we pray for this filling of the Holy Spirit, something always happens. It may happen right now in this moment. It may be marked by, you know, this thing that happens now or it may happen later. You, you, may, have, you may have no idea what God is, is doing in you or trying to do in you until it's discovered later in a conversation or in a moment of, you know, reflection with God or in a conversation you have, some, you know, with someone around you. So let's pray. Would you, would you bow your head and close your eyes right now? And would you, would you begin to just kind of still your mind and quiet your mind and, and not, don't let your thoughts, your thoughts, get in the way of what God is trying to say to you or, or, or in the way of maybe what... Um, what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you or bring to your attention. If you're here tonight on any campus and you feel powerless, you are a Christian, you are a a confessing follower of Jesus Christ, you want to bear fruit. You want there to be fruit in your life, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. You want that fruit in your life but you just feel like you don't have any power. Will you raise your hand so I can pray for you tonight? That's you. You're just just like, man, I know this is true and I don't have any power to produce any of this. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen, 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 amen. If your hand's up, just just put your hands out just like you're gonna receive, receive. And so Holy Spirit, I just pray right now. Would you come to everyone who's here tonight acknowledging they need power? Would you fill them afresh right now in the name of Jesus? Would they be filled with power, with power from on high? Would they be filled to the brim with this, this, this dynamite power of God to produce fruit in their life? For anyone who's here who has no joy in their life, would you just overflow joy in them? For everyone here who has no peace, everything is just one giant ball of anxiety, would you just overflow peace into their heart tonight by this dynamite power of the Holy Spirit? For anyone here who is, who is trying so hard to be faithful to be faithful, and they just don't have any in them right now. God, would you just, would you just overflow faithfulness into them right now? Would the, would, would the power of the Holy Spirit just come now into the heart of every believer who needs to receive power to produce the fruit of a life lived with the Spirit of God? Amen. And keep praying if, if that's you. If you're here and you have this, um, you have this desire to experience uh, giftings, like you, you want God to give you gifts to help build the church around you. You, you want to have gifts of, of wisdom and knowledge and prophecy and healing and these sorts of things. You're here and you, you want to, um, to, to learn to explore the world that is the giftings of the Holy Spirit. You're here uh, and you want to do that. Would you just raise your hands so I can pray for you. If you have um, a desire to experience gifts 
from the Holy Spirit for the building up of his church, for the equipping of his people. Amen, amen, amen. Anybody else you want to have this knowledge to just receive gifts? Amen. As I, as I pray, okay, put your hands out to receive if that's you. What I want to do is I want to let you know you cannot earn the gifts of God. You can't. You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't earn them. They're not like a gift card where you get it at a discounted rate. They're just free. They're free because God loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. So I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you come in your fullness, in the, in the full dynamite way of the Holy Spirit and just pour yourself, the power of yourself into these beautiful young people who are trying so hard to walk faithfully with you so that they can be filled to the brim with, with fresh gifts, with visions and dreams and understanding and knowledge and words of wisdom and gifts of healing so that as they, as they go into school and as they walk into their days, it would not be this forced, weird sort of contrite action with you, but it would just be this normal rhythmic life where we're just putting on display the gifts you've given to us to help build up and encourage the people around us. Father, I pray for, I pray for young revivalists across the state to start walking powerfully in the gifts that you're giving to them. God, I pray for, I pray for dreams and visions and prophecies and, and, and healing gifts and, and all the miraculous gifts of miracles, gifts of faith, gifts of, of supernatural power to be poured out on, on our students who want them, who want to learn to walk walk in those, not because they're prideful and they want superpowers, but because they're trying to display your goodness to the world around them. And Father, for all of us, for all of us right now, I just pray, would you send the Holy Spirit to powerfully fill us to overflowing with the ability to put Jesus Christ on display to the world around us? Would we be faithful witnesses to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? Would we be found as people who said, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died for me. I believe he suffered under Pontius Pilate. I believe he raised from the dead. And I believe that right now he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. I believe he's coming back for me. And in the days and breaths that I have here, I will use them to honor and glorify God. Would that be true about us? Would we not get so caught up in the, in the silliness of what's happening day to day? Would we not get so distracted by our, our fear, so distracted by our worries, so distracted by the news, so distracted by the weather, so, so torn to shreds with every little bit of thing that we hear that we'd lose sight of the real story in play here that you have come to rescue us and to set us on a mission to rule and reign the world with you? Would we be faithful? to the message you've given us? Would we put the good news of the finished work of Jesus Christ on display for the world around us, please? Make us effective in our witness. Pour your spirit's power out on us to display Jesus to the world. In his name we prayed. Everybody said, amen.